Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? It's going down this Saturday night. I got one of my good friends, John Randall, in the studio. What's up, man? Hey, brother. I didn't see you. It's been a long time. Yeah, too long. To, to get you actually on the show. True. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of you guys that, that listen, obviously this is on a lot of uh, Calvary stations. You guys know John Randall. You're now called Calvary Chapel South OC. Yeah, Calvary South OC, right. Which was current before you was Calvary Chapel San Juan. Was where I got married at that little yes. cool church. Mm-hmm. But now things have changed from that little cool church yeah. to a much larger thing. And that's why, you know, I wanted to bring you on because we've, we've been friends for a long time. And, yeah. and uh, you always, you know, we love listening to you. And my wife, she, she, we, we're in Idaho now, but my wife still tunes in right. to, to hear your guys' okay. stuff. We watched your marriage conference. We were laughing, actually. With you. <laughs> or it was you and your, your wife. And. It, it was like a, it was I don't know it was like an older one that me and my wife watched of you guys but we were just laughing we're like dude John is comedy and your wife just gets you too and it's just yeah it's fun man you know I know thirty years in man I'm See, learning dude I'm telling you right now I, uh-huh. I I'm terrified of a uh, of a of a conference like a marriage conference I'm like I feel like people go hey can you tell me about marriage I'm like oh, wow. I'm learning dude I'm, yes. you know I need more time yeah. to figure this out talk to the older guys that have been doing it a long time yeah and you've been married. You've been yeah, a long, thirty been a years, over thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. So let's just get into it. So yeah. basically, you met your wife because you were going to school at, or you you were on staff at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. That's right. Yeah, I was there as a janitor. I just graduated high school, and so just went to work there. I was nineteen years old, and my wife was a fifth grade teacher. Interesting. She was teaching with my first grade teacher. My first grade teacher was still there on staff, wow. and they were team teaching. And that's how I met her at the church. And then uh, after I met her, um, 19 days after we met, um, I asked her to marry me. Dang, you beat me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who's the fastest? What was Chuck? Did he, did he go pretty I don't quick? know. Chuck, Chuck went pretty quick. I don't he, know. He was you one know. of the fastest yeah. ones. So I think it was yeah. like three months. Yeah. 19 days. 19 days, bro. And it's still going. Still going, yeah. 30 years and, and counting. I know. Okay, wait, we got it. Let's, let's get into this. Okay, so right. how'd you know? I mean, I know you, yeah. you. You grew up, and your dad were they were like missionaries, or they were yeah. involved in ministry. Sure. And you're from you're from uh, San Clemente area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more from Costa Mesa area. Costa That's where Mesa. I grew up. Yeah. Right. Santa Ana. So you you grew up in the church, and then now you're there working. Mm-hmm. You spot her. How this happened? This is interesting. Well, it's interesting because I wasn't really looking for a relationship. You yeah. know, some of our history is is we. You know, I was just in a place where I don't I don't need a girl. I need Jesus, exactly. and that was where I needed to be. Yeah. Um, come through high school, and and I was now a janitor, and the Lord was doing this process of humbling me. Just breaking me down. I just, a lot of pride, a lot of, uh, self-sufficiency. And so God started the process and I just, I just wanted Jesus. And I remember one day I was driving the janitor car with some trash and I was with the homie next to me, my guy, my coworker. And I, I see this girl walking on the upstairs, like to the classroom, to the fifth grade classroom. And I'm like, bro, who is that? And he said, oh, that that's she's way out of your league. I said, I was like, man, you need to have faith, the trash bro. man. You need to have faith, bro. You have not. Cause you asked not like, don't exactly. count me out. Yeah. No. But that, that's kind of how it started. And I started taking out her trash and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, that is amazing. I mean, yeah. it's just, you picture the scene and with the trash driving through and you're oh, like, bro. who's that up there? Yeah. Yeah. Did she see you or no? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think she saw me, but I think she did okay. see the cute janitor later yeah, on. Yeah. Cause I made my, my way up to her classroom. But how did the, like <laughs> in 19 days from that yes. point, how did that go down? That's really good. Like, you know, I ended up going to Calvary to go to church <laughs> on a Sunday morning. And I just, we just kind of met in passing. And I had told her in passing, yeah, I serve at the high school ministry. And by that, I mean, I set up the chairs before the kids yeah. come. That was my <laughs> ministry. I was the chairman. Yeah. So like uh, of the high school ministry. So, and, and I just told her that in passing. So one Sunday morning, I go to church. It's second service. I'm in the foyer right there at Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. And she walks in. I was like, oh my goodness, there she is. And yeah. like, I, I thought, I went over and I said, hey, how you doing? She gave me a hug. I was like, nice. Oh. Yeah. And then she went and sat with somebody else. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Some other guy. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So next week, I was like, I'm going to see if lightning strikes twice. I go back to the same spot, bro. Same time. Really? Like, I'm chilling, no. looking around like, I wonder if she's going to come in. She didn't. I was like, oh, man. So I went up to my ministry okay. to go start setting up chairs. I'm just like, all right, that's cool. So I'm setting up chairs. She comes in. She sees me. She yeah. walks in. Start setting up chairs with me. No way. Whoa. No Start way. Start setting up chairs with me. And like, That's and so then we sat down next to each other and, and the whole time the dude was speaking, I was like, 
how am I going to ask? Is it wrong to ask this girl out? Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> exactly. should, I, should, I, should I, what should I do? What should I do? I'm like, dude, I'm like so fired up. So afterwards, I'm like, hey, you want to go out to breakfast? She's like, all right. So we went across the street uh, from Calvary, this place called Ham's. It's not there anymore. And yeah. we, we, we had breakfast. We just talked forever. And then after we had breakfast, I said, hey, um, do you want to go to the mall? South Coast. Yeah, across, yeah. Just walk right around. There, yeah. She's like, yeah. So we went to the mall and we walked around. And then I said, hey, same day, bro. <laughs> I said, hey, you want to see a movie? I'm like, so, no. <laughs> so. And dude, guess what our first movie was? What? Beauty and the Beast. No way. <laughs> and it's perfect. Exactly. You know? I know, exactly. But, so it was so appropriate. And then after that, bro. Three just, dates back to bro, back in one day. Just one day. And then I was like, we just hung out. And I never felt that way and about anybody. And, yeah. and I remember just like, oh my goodness, this is real. Yeah. And and then it just grew from there. And um. And it remember, grew from there for 19 days. Yeah, bro. It was like, it was just the Lord. And <laughs> I was, awesome. you know what the final confirmation was? Yeah. I was sitting at a wedding. I haven't told a lot of people this, but I was sitting at a wedding. We both attended a wedding on a Saturday at Costa Mesa. We're sitting there. I've been praying, mm-hmm. like fasting, praying, like, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And uh, as I'm sitting there, the, the pastor gets up and the Lord had given me a scripture when I came back to the Lord out of Joel, where it says, I will restore unto you what the swarming locust has consumed. Yeah. And I, I held on to that. I didn't know what that meant. Swarming locusts consumed me. I just knew he was going to restore me. I don't yeah. know what that looks like. Yeah. I'm sitting in the wedding, and the pastor in the middle of the wedding goes, the bride would like to read her life verse. And Michelle's next to me, and she starts reading Joel. Yeah. Joel chapter 2. Dude, I like. It just started. The waterworks. God just said, this is your wife. Ring. Next thing you know, I'm asking her. And, um, you know, 19 days later, we're engaged. And then six months later, married. Yeah. Seven months later, pregnant with our first son. And and then the story continues to be That's amazing. <laughs> no, I know because I always hear these stories, and there are some quick stories, but that definitely is is the quickest so far. Parents get a little nervous sending their kids for premarital counseling to me. Like, don't go to John. <laughs> He's going to tell you just go for it. <laughs> but, but you know what? Honestly, like like you were saying, like you wanted Jesus, yeah, and you you obviously didn't want to date girls. Yeah, you, you're looking for the one, yes. right? And that's kind of, that's where I was as well. And yes. you wait, and when you're serving God, when He gives you that go, then what are you waiting for? That's right. But People don't wait for that go. They get ahead of it and yep. try to make them the one. Yes. And then they don't wait for the confirmation, and then they end up in a world of hurt. 100%. It doesn't matter if you fire off fast, but if you have that confirmation. Yeah. And yeah. It's funny really Amen. quick. is like when I was in your church, because Crystal, she was like a Catholic girl. She wasn't saved at that time. And I sent her the Holy Spirit book from John um, from Calvary Chapel um, uh, Living Water, Chuck Smith. Yeah, Chuck Smith. And she yeah. read it and gave her life to the Lord on her plane when she left New York City. And and I was communicating with her, but she's like, "How come you aren't dating? Be like, how come you don't want to hang out?" And in my mind, I'm like, "You're not a Christian." So I <laughs> sent her the Living Water book. She found God on the plane, gave her life to Christ, started crying. Uh, the next day, we ended up at your church, and you were teaching. So she landed, and she's like, "Hey, I gave my life to Jesus on the plane." I go, "Well, what do you want to do tonight?" She goes, "Let's go to church." So I go, "Let's go to your church because you're right by our wow. house." In there, he, you were teaching on, I guess, John the Baptist or water baptism. I was just like you in the church. I wasn't, I didn't know what you, I didn't even know what you were teaching on, but yeah. she told me what you were teaching on wow. after. And she was like, oh my gosh, I was Catholic. That whole water baptism, all that stuff's religious. I need to get baptized. And the next day I baptized her in, in Pirate's Cove. But I was sitting there wow. and I started dating her, but I was so nervous not thinking about anything. That is such a great But story. God used you to talk about the baptism. And that just like, it was wow. just like within three days, it was like, she gave her life to Christ she got baptized in the, you know, uh, she heard the, the repentance message of baptism, and then mm. I dunked her the next day. Wow. So, and then we got married at your church. So yeah, it was that awesome. was beautiful. All right. So <laughs> you, you get, you're married, yeah. you, your wife, did you move to Florida or something for we a while? We did, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was after being on staff at, at Calvary, then we eventually moved out to Florida. I was 25, mm-hmm. and we planted our first church in, um, in the southeast of Florida in a little town called Brandon, Florida, okay. outside of Tampa. We had two little boys at that time. We knew nobody. This was before the internet. This was before social media. Yeah. Um, there was no promotion yeah, for what a church. Year was this? this was 1997. Okay. 97. Right. We went out. Yeah. And uh, started started with just in somebody's living room. And then did it did it turn into a church? Or? Yes, it did. And it took time. You know, some people, you know, church planning. Now you have all these books you can read and manuals and social media mm-hmm. platforms. And you get, like there was it's a lot no, different. There now. was none of that, bro. We went out and like we knew one couple and we started meeting in their living room. And it was like, That's hey, right. yeah, what's going on? And, you know, you're from California. So what are you going to tell people come to the living room? Like they think you're a cult anyway. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're from Southern California? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no way. Yep. This, this was just surrounded by all kinds of mainline denominations and 
and my wife would go around telling people, "You should come to church here, my husband." Like, come to the living room. First of all, we don't have a we don't have a church. <laughs> yeah. Stop telling people that. You know, yeah. he's really good, and I was terrible. So I would I remember like at one point I was doing this. It was a Wednesday night, and I was doing a. And we used to have tapes, bro. Yeah. So we'd have a little tape. I'm like, who's going to listen to this anyway? No one's going to listen to me. But we recorded it. There was two women sitting there. My wife was upstairs watching the the kids, and there was two ladies in the room, and her husband was working. So I did the women's ministry. That's how it started. That's and it. and it was so embarrassing, bro. I just and then we met in this little rec center. We met in the coffee shop, all yeah. these different places until we eventually came to a building. But that whole process was just like, you know, people would come into the church and they would say, "Where's the pastor?" Yeah, they look <laughs> like, at you and say, "Where's the pastor?" I, I, and I was 25. I'm like, yeah. "I'm right. I'm right here." Yeah. This this is connected to Calvary Costa Mesa. What is this? Yeah. It's, like, it's a it's <laughs> and it's not a satellite. This is this is us. You yeah, know? yeah. It's just, So it it was great. It was a radical time. Ten years. The Lord provided through that time a, a radio station. He provided a building with mm-hmm. property, and the church is still going on to the present time, and even better than it was when I was there. Dude, that's amazing. You know, it's it is different uh, planning a church nowadays versus back then. And then even when you're on the East Coast area, it's a whole different vibe with yes. the best. People don't understand because as you know, I travel over yeah, that's right. and even in different countries and what's Pentecostal what's a Luther, it's so different right. what, from what the label is depending on the area where you're at on the globe it's true it's it's so like I was in a it was in a uh, it was like a Pentecostal I guess they called themselves Pentecostals and it was in a it was in my friend's church it was in um, Albany um, Australia mm. but it felt like a Calvary they just taught the word they sing the same songs and there was nothing weird Wow, and I and I and they go, yeah, we're Pentecostals. I'm like, this feels just well, like a so normal. Am I. Yeah, I, well, I guess I'm a Pentecostal. No, but it, it yeah. was it's so interesting, you know. That is cool. But then you show up there and you're doing your thing, and everyone's kind of like, oh, this could be a cult. But then God, yeah. does it. Mm. So then you move back to California. Yeah, the Lord called us when, back. When was this? Which is crazy. That was 2007. When you came here, yeah, we came back, and we were coming back. We had some friends. Um, it's interesting how the Lord works. But my wife had. We came back to California for a class reunion for my wife, mm-hmm. and we met some of her friends we hadn't seen in years, and, and one of her friends lived in San Clemente, still does to the present time. And at that time, there was no Calvary there, and so we, she was looking for a church. And mm-hmm. we said, well, let's look it up. The church that was there had closed. So in San Clemente? In San Clemente. Yeah, they met at a hotel, and then they stopped meeting. Okay. So, and that started, that was the seed that was planted. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm calling you back. Right after that, a board member that had been with me for years said, hey, John, we're moving back to Southern California. We're moving to San Clemente. I was like, okay, this is weird. Okay, right. you know, I'm not going to get weird. Uh, and, but then it just kept happening. And then people showed up at the church, at our church in Little Brandon, Florida. Two girls came and visited. And we said, hey, where are you from? They're from, oh, we're from San Clemente. I mean, it was just everything yeah, yeah, kept everything going. Starts everything starts, yeah, yeah. You know, God is, yeah. God is making it clear. He's making it obvious. So... In that whole process, Ryan, we just felt like God saying, I want you to take a step of faith. So we put our house on the market. We prepared our church. I, I you know, prayed over the next guy who had been with me for seven years as an assistant who God had prepared and is still there to the present who time. Who is he? Mark Orozco okay. uh, was my assistant. Now he's pastoring there doing a marvelous job. And, um, and we started the process of coming home. So I was coming home to basically start over. Now I've got four kids. Mm-hmm. No job, nothing. We're starting over in somebody's living room. I'm like, all right, you did it once. Let's do it again. Yeah. In the process of coming back, I get a call from uh, Calvary Costa Mesa, and a friend of mine said, hey, I know you're coming back to San Clemente to start something, but there's a little church here in San Juan. Their pastor's going on the mission field. Would you consider coming by, maybe pastoring there, uh, or maybe just checking it out? They're looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, sure. I didn't know anything about San Juan, bro. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going there, and, and that's I ended up moving there or to San Clemente, moved to San Clemente, started, eventually they had me pastor at that church. And well, for the listeners, it's like one city over, right? One city over. Yeah. 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 You go from San Juan, you know, to Dana Point to San Clemente. It's right there, yeah. you know, within a seven Club. minute, 10 minute, you know, for freeway. Yeah. But, but my heart never, I lived in the city of San Clemente right. my whole time, 16 years now, and I never lost the desire. So through the years we would do outreach there, we would do ministry there. And I thought all the time, God called me there. Right. But here I am in San Juan. You know, mm-hmm. and just being faithful, doing what God asked me to do, and um, and it was a little church. Like, how many people did that thing? Like, well, the sanctuary. No, the sanctuary sits like just under five hundred. Okay. So yeah. by the time I left, we were doing four services: one on Saturday yep. night, three on Sunday morning. Yep. It was just insane. Yep. Um, but then uh, after I'd been pastoring there for so long, then were there any people there when you? Went? Was it a yes. small? Oh, that's a good it? question. Yeah. There was um, a group of maybe 100 people. Okay. Michelle and I, in our 30s, were the youngest people in the congregation. Okay. Which right. is crazy. So we yeah. were the youngest. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they, they ended up having, according to their bylaws, they had to vote me in. Right. I'm the only candidate. That was oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I get up to teach the last message. This is the day of voting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the pastor goes, okay, everybody, 
go over to the fellowship hall and, and vote whether you want Jonah. Just yes or no. Yeah. And there was like 98 yes votes, votes and three no's. I don't right. know who the no's were, but yeah. they probably disappeared. And then I, <laughs> I grew the church from 98 to like 75. Dude, so. uh, <laughs> people leaving. And I'm like, Lord. So, so, so people, for, like when you took it over, because yeah. there's always, like I was talking to my dad yesterday about, yes. you know, tra- right. transferring churches yeah. and stuff. So there's always like an exodus, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's what happened. And and some people didn't leave nicely. You know, they didn't they didn't like me. And and but and it's because I I mean I told Michelle we would talk and say, listen, if we weren't called to this church, we wouldn't go to it. I exactly. mean, there's too many great churches around you could go to. Absolutely. But we knew we were called, and so we just stuck it out. There's so much in entwined in those in those imagine. years. But but all I can say, Ryan, is that God has been faithful. And not only was He faithful there, but He's been faithful to fulfill His word because what He spoke to us back right. in in 2006, He has fulfilled in 2000. 23, 22. Right. Yeah, I was listening to someone the other day. They were just talking about how when you when you follow God, like he gives you he, he gives you like the vision, mm. but it's not you don't stick to exactly the vision. Mm. Like he's giving you a vision to get somewhere, but it might it's gonna look different yes. till you get there. That's right. Like don't get stuck like, no, this is not it. It's San Clemente, it's San Clemente. Yes. But as we're gonna see later on in the story, he's gonna get you to San Clemente. That's right. But you gotta just follow God. And follow the vision, but it's it's like a it's just like a good journey that he's going to take you on. Is he's going to grow you, develop you, and yeah. shape you right. for that moment in those next chapters? It's so true, and you see that throughout the scriptures. You know, you look at a guy like Abraham or David. You know, there was something God had on their life, a calling. Hey, you're going to have a child, Isaac. Uh, not until you're 99. Right. Hey, David, you're yeah. going to be king. Yeah. You're anointed as a teenager. You're not going to see the throne until. I mean, you just watch this thing. Yeah. And there's moments where you just think, maybe I didn't hear from God. Maybe, yeah, like maybe. when he's in a cave hiding. You know, yeah. he's like, I'm going to be a king. Yeah. I'm hiding from uh, my Yeah. And you just think like, how's this going to be fulfilled? And yeah. everything, there's times, Ryan, when, when the circumstances are going exactly the opposite direction of the promises. And you're thinking, right. did I hear you? Uh-huh. Have I heard you? Um, or, or did I, is that just me? And, and all I can say is you just be faithful to do what's in front of you. And in time, God will, God brings the vision to, to fruition. He brings it to pass, but it, it looks Different than what you expected. I'm glad you said that because you you feel like you've heard mm. and you're doing it and it just doesn't feel right. But you just got to be faithful, keep your head down, and just keep pushing through. Amen. And there'll be breakthrough. Amen. Do you think it's like spiritual warfare or do you just think God just – it could be spiritual warfare. It could be God going, hey, I'm going to take you on a little detour out because we got to work on your character first. I would say yes. <laughs> All of that, yes. All that. I think I think God does the detour. He's doing something. He's yeah. sovereign. But in the meantime, the devil's like right there. God's not doing anything. And you're off track. And you, yeah. you know, and you just – dude, you're, you're a warrior. You fight. You battle through it. It's, it's spiritual warfare. And yep. you just – you just do the next thing. You just keep showing up. And during that, you know, 15-year span, I took our church to the entire Bible. I mean, I taught from Genesis to Revelation. See, that's amazing. And, uh, and I'm going through it again a second time now. But that's, you just, you just keep, it's the grind. You just keep going. You just keep doing it. I was reading uh, Second Corinthians today, how Paul was saying, you know, how he was like, you know, he was freezing at night. He didn't have food. Mm-hmm. He was talking to, the, to those guys at the end of Second Corinthians just about all the trials and stuff that he was, he was going through. Right. And when you're in ministry... And you're following God. You, it's not this like you know, a lot of these young guys or even older guys. They want to get into ministry and they think it's like we're going to be on the stage. We're going to be preaching. <laughs> I need to tell. My, I have people coming. I need to tell my story to the world. And I'm like, we'll start with the one or whatever. Amen. But like, it's not glamorous. Amen. Yes, there is. The glamorous part is that you're seeing people get saved. Yeah. And then you see them get saved, and you see them get developed as they get discipled, mm-hmm. and then you see their life transformed. And that's the prize. To know Amen. that. But there's war. That's There's right. spiritual war, and um, you better be ready if you're going to get into ministry. But it's worth it, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, you know, and especially you, yeah. planting a church. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into um, here. So when – so, oh, I'm going to just jump in like this. Yeah, go for it. So COVID hits, mm. okay? Boom. Yeah. Everything's shut down. No one's on the freeways. <laughs> right. What's, in your, what's going on in your head? Wow. I'll tell you, I probably would – a lot of people – I think initial reaction is we don't know what this is, you know, and, yeah. and now we come to find out two years later that all the information that we really needed was suppressed and mm-hmm. you couldn't get it. And so, Absolutely. you know, <clears throat> I think – and there were people even infiltrating churches to get the churches on board with what was happening. And, and it got to the point after I think it was that first month when it was like – you know, we, we started doing things, trying to be creative. So we would have drive-through prayer. People would come up, mm-hmm. roll up to the car, uh, roll up in their car, and we'd just be there, standing there, like drive-through. Yeah, drive, and we'd just get home. out. And bro, I remember, like, going to pray over people, and I would walk to the car, and people would break down and just start weeping. Wow. I'm not even at the car. They just saw my face yeah. and started crying. And I, I refused to wear a mask. Yeah. I'm not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't. 
And so I would walk up to the car and I said, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to touch your arm. And I'm going to, it was like, dude, this was like, it was crazy. This time. was radical. Bro, it was so radical. Yeah. You look back, it's like, oh, that was so weird. No, that was insane. It was. And so then in that it whole was. process, like, well, what do we do? I just was so, forget this online thing. This is ridiculous. The church was meant to be together. We're supposed to be united. And there were some churches that were, and I'm, that's between them and Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about what God told me to yeah. do in our church. And so we, we had to be together. We're the body of Christ. And, and the gates of hell is not going to prevail against the church, and nor is any, you know, flu so yeah. uh, at that time we didn't know what it was yeah. but we were all supposed to die we we're all gonna die yeah. that's what it was like yeah and then it was like we got <laughs> over that and and then the lord opened up some insane doors for us that changed the trajectory how did you how did you mm. find out about the uh so like what are the, the doors that got open well i'll tell you you know first we start doing all these creative things you know where we have people everyone through. was that was the whole yeah, thing it's yeah. like because it, it also depends on where you were at right in america right like by the way and during the second COVID lockdown, I was in Arkansas and they weren't even wearing masks in the airport. Nice. In the airport. Like you had to wear a mask. Like it was, it's different in the red states. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like right. I was in Texas. They never shut down in certain where, where, yeah. where I was at at this music festival. So everything changed. Everything was different in the areas you were in, but still in, if you're in California though, yeah. they were being pretty, pretty gnarly. They were. And the other thing is though, some of those States that you mentioned that were quote open or red, they weren't experiencing what we were experiencing in terms of no. revival and God moving by oh, his spirit. Yeah, true. Because true. we had, to, we suddenly we had to fight. We had to do something and, and where you just, Oh, we can do it. And some people were like, well, we're not coming. We're just going to watch online. Our people were like, you know, our governor was so insane uh, that, you know, he was saying things. You can't sing. You can't do this. You can't do this. <laughs> That's and right. Like, when that can't happened, sing. our people responded and just we did it louder. And yeah. so so anyways, in that process, I just started getting creative. Well, what about going outside? It's great weather down here in San Clemente. The short story is there was a guy who was a lawyer who worked for the guy who owns the outlets. And one of my guys got to him and said, hey, what do you think about? And so he said, well, why don't we go outside? We'll go to the outlets. So we started doing Wednesday nights out there. We had a big old truck bed, just like full blasting. Right. And bro, that thing just over two two years. So it was Ryan, just Wednesday nights, Wednesdays first. and Sundays. Okay, yeah, Sunday mornings. Two, yeah, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And then we moved Wednesdays. You know, we were just like let's move in inside. And we were, so we were inside Wednesday night, mm-hmm. inside everything else. The only thing that ended up being outside was just Sunday morning because we combined all the services together. Right. And all these other churches in our area were shut down. There were churches saying we're not opening until Disneyland opens. Huh. Okay. So what happened was these people are dying. And, and they were getting, you know, messages in the mail from their pastors saying the best thing you can do is vax and mask. Vax. If you really love people, then you need to do Jesus. What would Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you, Jesus would get vaxxed and masked. Uh, afraid not. He touched lepers and uh, yeah. people that were hemorrhaging. So yeah. I, I disagree. So yeah. anyways, pe- Brian, people started coming from every direction. And this, which started out something small, it just, it blew up way beyond what we could even have ever imagined. And for two years, we were there every Sunday morning and it only only rained twice in two years. And the two years that it, the two times that it rained, we went underground. We called it underground church because there's a parking structure oh, yeah. underground right. and it just, the acoustics in there. But the main thing was Ryan, um, people just started getting radically saved. Yeah. People started coming to Christ every week. We gave altar call every week. People were coming, getting baptized. We, we brought baptisms to the site, baptism right Dude, there on the yes. spot. It was just like this. Honestly, people say, well, what happened there for us? It was revival. It was a revival. It was revival. It was yeah. our tent days. Can I say that? It was it, our tent exactly. days for us. Yeah. It was like something I'd never experienced before. And it was two years of just watching God's faithfulness. Bro, I taught through Acts. I taught through First Corinthians, First Californians. I thought through, <laughs> I taught through Revelation. Out, I mean, bro, right on there. blast. Yeah. Two years. And for the listeners, um, San Clemente Outlets, it's it's a massive brand new outlet right there off the five freeway. It, it's a huge hub. I mean, you see it off the freeway. Right. It's San Clemente. It's a, it's a world-renowned city for skateboarding and surfing. And ma- many, a lot of uh, business uh, action sports companies right. are actually uh, built <clears throat> in there. So here you guys are off the side of the freeway. We were watching. I had a bunch of young kids at the time because we were coming to your church on Sunday night with, with Crystal and the kids. Yes. And then Wednesday, every once in a while when I was in town. But then you guys moved to the park. COVID shut down, and then you guys opened the parking lot. And I go... There's no way we could take our two terrible two kids, <laughs> triplets, to a parking lot. Yeah. So we were like, dang it. But we were yeah. watching from the side yeah. just like, dude, this is amazing. Bro, it was something it we was never... So awesome. Yeah, and it was, you know, after two years, the Lord made it, you know, clear that it was going to, you know, be... And that was a whole other miracle coming back in. But Yeah, so when so where was that? So you were there for two years. Was it two years at the parking lot? Two years, right? Here, here's the... This is so amazing. Our first service was May the 3rd of, what is it, 2020? Mm-hmm. And our outside, our first service in our new building in San Clemente, May fifth, no twenty twenty two, right on the money. Right. 
That's amazing. Bro, there, I mean, only God yeah. could do this. And, and there's so much still to tell, but how, how like what God spoke so many years ago, it mm-hmm. took 15 years. He did it, bro. Mm-hmm. He did it. He, I did hear from him. I mean, it was just, did, so we're yeah. there and people are just getting saved. And what's crazy, Ryan, is people would drive up in those formative times of the parking lot. People would come in. I'm serious. They would come in. And we started out in their cars. Check this out. They would yeah. start in their cars because yeah. they didn't want anybody, you know, we got to stay in our cars. Yeah. Everybody stay in your cars. And so we, we piped it in through um, radio. Tune into the station. And they would tune it into that frequency and they could hear me from the stage. And then we'd said, hey, listen, if you need oh, prayer, that's the way it was. if you need prayer after the service, hit your hazards and we'll come up. <laughs> people would be like this or people would just disperse. Dude. Right now, hit your hazards. People would just come out. People would roll down their windows. And then it went from sitting in your car yeah. to out of your car to bring your own chair to like forget your car, like this thing just everybody in their chairs. I I don't even know how to describe it other than it was just a work of the spirit that I we just stumbled into. It was literally a work of the spirit. Man. Got, like you know, a lot of the people that may be listening, they don't know that Calvary Chapel was birthed on a revival in a tent. It was this little it was a little church. Yeah. And then they just, it was growing, so they had to meet in a tent. Yeah. And then it just exploded from there and then it yeah. turned into a building. It's so interesting. There's a lot of parallels to that. Yes, for sure. sure. We experienced that. So cool. So, um, so when was it? So you're you're there. You're in the parking lot, and I know because the way San Clemente is, there's no buildings that you could just get that can fit this amount of people. Like, there's no like retail space really. Yeah, it's hard to come up on something that's available by the city. I guess that will allow you coded to actually have a church, right? Right. Yeah, because you look. I mean, a lot of I, obstacles. Yes, I look over the years, and um, in the process, of, we had always been looking for a bigger spot because we, down, if you've been to downtown San Juan, right across the street is one of the most well-known historical missions. It's a mm. historical town. Mm-hmm. The church that we were meeting in was not built to do what we were doing. This yeah. was, it was not built uh, for what we were doing. Four services every weekend. It was just insane. So we realized there's no way we can bring all these people back in. There's just no way. There's no way. And what was crazy, Ryan, was also a cool thing is when people would come to the outlets, one of the things that was exciting we heard over and over again, and uh, exciting in one sense and informative in the other, kind of sad that they said we never... We never opened the Bible. We didn't even know what the Bible said until we started coming here. We, Revelation, we didn't even know that was, like people were just yeah. getting mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Like we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So what yeah. was happening is suddenly yeah. these people that came just to find fellowship, they'd show up weeping when they saw people and they were like crying and they'd sit there and they'd see people come forward. And it's like the Holy Spirit is just yeah. moving. And then, yeah. and then it was like, what is, it's the word of God, the word of God. And, and so God's word was transforming people and they got hungry for it. And so when doors started to open in other places, people were saying, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. Of course. We want, we want this. Whatever that, we don't know, we want this. And it wasn't like we were saying, come to our church. Yeah. You know? It was just saying, we're just here. Yeah. Come through if you want to. But, um, and so it, it was amazing. It was like replanting a church all over again. That's what a lot of the churches have happened because um, there were some neighbors in my neighborhood that they were going to a Korean church and they were still shut down. Like, I think they just opened up like maybe a, a couple months ago Wow! and they were doing it online. But all these churches that shut down, these people went to those churches that were open. And the one thing that I love what you're saying about these people that didn't read the Bible or whatever and they're now cracking open the Bible, they're discovering the Holy Spirit in these books. Mm-hmm. The one thing that uh, someone they'd say about Calvary Chapel is, you will know them because they will have their Bible and they will know it. Mm-hmm. That's how you will know a Calvary Chapel because you can go to a lot of these churches that they just they give these topical studies. I yeah. speak all over the place and yeah, you've been I hear some, right. hear some messages and I'm like, people actually come to church to hear that? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm walking away with a performance and I have not yeah. walked away with any, like just a bunch mm-hmm. of words, but no, like I didn't even see a Bible. I might have heard a scripture, right. like broken half. You know, like a yeah. word. It's, uh, it's very important. And that know. was something, too, I think that, that was tough you know for what? people. I'm oh, going to hold ahead. because yeah, we're going to go to break in, right in on. one minute. All right, so check this out, guys. Um, a lot of you guys that have been following us, go to thewhosoever's.com, book us. We are touring around the world. We're actually in the process of going to the Philippines, going to Florida next week, and then we have Chile and um, Buenos Aires, Argentina, coming up on the agenda. So hit us up. We want to come to your country. We want to come to your state. We want to invade the schools, wherever their students are. Go to my YouTube channel. Ryan, uh, Ryan Reese official, and you can get all the past radio shows. There's Bible teaching through the gospel of John. I have a book out called kill the noise. Um, it's a, it's a discipleship faith builder book. Check it out. Give it to people that need to be inspired, or if they want to give their life to Christ, it will reach into all those different areas. Check out John Randall's church at what is it? It is uh, Calvary South OC.com Calvary South OC.com John Randall. And you have tons of Bible teachings and you got all kinds of 
you got radio show stuff. You got right. books. Do you have any books out? I do. Yeah, I've yeah. got three books out that you can order if you go to uh, Calvary Chapel or CalvarySouthOC.com. There also uh, Instagram John P Randall. Uh, if you want to follow and connect us, send us a message. Love to hear from you. That's it. All right, we'll see you guys in two minutes. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung hero of her king and country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, we are back this Saturday night with John Randall. He's the pastor of Calvary OC down in um, San Clemente. You could check that out. Hey, what's the What's the Instagram there? Uh, CalvarySouthOC.com is the website. CalvarySouthOC on IG. There it is. I always mess it up. All right, anyway, check it out. He has tons of teachings um, on, on that website, books, all kinds of cool stuff. So check it out. He'll encourage you. I like to listen to him personally, too. So I'm not just saying it. Check him out. It's legit. <laughs> Um, all right, man. So we were talking about this whole like journey. So mm. you grew up in Calvary Chapel, uh, uh, Costa Mesa. You went there at 19 years old to kind of serve, and, and your first ministry was setting up chairs. It was a, it was a, yeah. it was a high school ministry, but you were just setting up the chairs. You met your wife. You got an engagement in 19 days and got married six months after that, which was incredible. 30 years of 30 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any marriage books out? Uh, I do. I have one on the Song of Solomon, and uh, you might want to check that out. It's, I, it's I bright, would like right? to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have a bunch of kids. You went over to Florida. You started a church plant, mm-hmm. and then God put a vision in you for San Clemente. Mm-hmm. But it started in San Juan at this little church with about 100 people. Then it went down to 75. Yeah, and, then, and then God rebuilt, yeah. and then COVID hit. Boom, everyone freaked out as we saw in the news. 
It was like everyone thought it was going to be The Walking Dead. That was weird. I remember sitting yeah. in my living room with my wife, and we were looking at each other and all the news, and, and no one was on the street. Right. And I was a big fan of watch, watching The Walking Dead. I'm like, this is pretty much what they're pitching. Like The Walking Dead, it's this virus that's out. That's going to, yeah. you know, and you've seen all this propaganda and this stuff, right. different stuff on TV. But anyway, at that time, God led you to San Clemente, where you got these, uh, started doing church at the outlets. And it's, right. an, it's an outdoor area right off the five freeway. You could see them. And I just remember watching, and God was just doing something amazing there. Yeah. And just like the Calvary Chapel had their tent revival, you guys were having your parking lot revival. Yeah. And God just blew it up. But then you're looking for a building. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, Ryan, as we were, as we were coming to the end of that two years, it kind of felt like, you know, I just always tell people, people would ask me every week, like, well, when are we going to go in back inside on Sunday mornings? And when yeah, are we going to go right. back inside? And there was just something, so, and I would fight it, like, you know, especially in going into the second year. And I just felt like I'm going to ride this wave until it, it dies out. I'll kick out, you know? It, you know what? I didn't think about that, but that's yeah, true. Because you're like, God's doing something yeah, amazing. I don't want to shut it I don't want to kick out early. You yeah, know, if you ever yeah. kicked out of a wave early, it's like, dude, yeah. you should have kept going. Yes. Like, that, there was a tube on the inside. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. But I, I'm yeah. like, no, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And so I'm What's riding it, riding it. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to ride it. And then, um, and I, and then, but in the summer, it was in June, and uh, I started I started praying and I said, God, what do you want me to do with these people? Like, I, I, I want to, I, I, we're supposed to be here. And I knew it. Yeah. And there was nothing available. And so a year, like a year earlier, we had talked to a group that owns a building that we purchased, mm-hmm. you know, recently. And um, there was another church that leased half of it. So it was already built out as a church. Right. And then the other half was like a building complex, you know, so it was like this massive structure, 96,000 square feet. It's insane. But, but half of it was built out. So, you know, I, we said, hey, w- would you be willing to, how about this other half? Can we build that out? Well, maybe you can lease it. Like, ah, oh, we're not leasing. So we just kind of left it. Mm-hmm. A year goes by. We come, it, they come back around and they say, hey, listen, we want to sell the building. And we're like, you want to sell it? Well, what about that, 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 these people? We want to sell it. So that started this whole process of, and, uh, and the Lord gave us, you know, just, so, so we started going for financing. I and mean, there's some crazy stuff that happened in this process of, of getting this facility. One is when you purchase something that big, you need financing. Yeah. Where are you going to get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you start praying. You start looking around. We, we had a guy come through, and we said, hey, bro, he, he, he was from Texas, and this good old boy said, oh, I can get financing, boys. You know, that's how yeah. he sounded. Yeah. And I can go. I got all these investors. Dude, dude, dude. I yeah. was like, all right, bro, let's get it. Yeah. You know, and three months later, nothing. Listen to this, Ryan. We You talk about God. We're down to the... Last week of the the Friday of the last week where we've got a sign to say we've got financing. This guy, the last week, guys, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't locate it. Well, thanks for telling us the last week. The last day of the last week, no. <laughs> one of my guys gets on the phone with a guy who we, who we work with, and, and God bless them, you know, Christian Community Credit Union, shout out. Really? Praise the Lord for these guys. Dude, they, on the last day of the last week, bro, they came through, came through. We're signing documents. We're, we're going forward. It, it was incredible. In addition to that, God provided somebody to buy our church. We owned our church outright. Oh, somebody oh. bought that church to, to uh, a Greek Orthodox. They wanted right it. Right around the same time? Praise the Lord. Yeah, you can have it. And then this yeah. came through. And then, and then all of a sudden, we're, we're going, we're going full, full speed. Now, in the process of this, one day, Ryan, I took, the, I took our staff out to the parking lot of the building. And I read, read to them from Joshua. Mm-hmm. And I, we were out in the parking lot. I said, hey, that's Jericho. That's our Jericho. We're going to pray, and we're going to see what God's going to do. And I still didn't know what was going to happen. And the Lord came through and provided. Check this out, bro. This will blow your mind. Okay, here, here you go. In the book of Joshua, it says that when Joshua stood outside of Jericho, it says that as he looked at the city, it says that it was a fortified city. The walls were fortified, and no one could go out or, or come in. I thought, oh, that's a, a great passage. So I'm praying one day just about the building. And this I'm just kind of, I'm not putting it all in order, but I'm praying yeah. about what's going to happen and and our church is is on uh, is on a street, Alicante Street. Mm-hmm. And so for some reason, I'm reading through Joshua, praying. And I thought, and it comes in my mind, what's the word Alicante mean? And I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, you know, is that like a Spanish dish? Or I don't know. I'll take an Alicante. <laughs> no. Uh, so I look it up. It means fortified city. It does. It means fortified no city. Way. I was like, it's done. That's it amazing. Done. It is done. God, you did it. We're going in. That's Somebody incredible. get me a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Yes, yes. So we He's the Lord, so in the details, oh, man. Oh, bro. Oh, oh man. He is so in the details. So here we are. Check this out. So then we we had this other church there 
that was there, and we had to negotiate with them. And they had because they hadn't met during this this COVID season. Basically, the church had dwindled down to almost nothing. I mean, it really had gone. They had this massive uh, forty thousand square foot side of a building with nobody in it. And so we approached. Okay, so the right side where the church is. The right side. So yeah. no one's in that side. I mean, they on, on, in, they were in there, but but not really. In right, there. right, right, right. Yeah, so that was really operating church. But what, what's the other side? The other side is well, now it's our main offices. It used to be Quest Diagnostics. So, so it, it was, used to be yeah, like business. Yeah. Okay. So they're gone. Got we just it. have three businesses that are up in the far corner okay. that are there just for uh, a little bit. But yeah. but anyway, so by the grace of God, they they decided to to move out. So we were going to have to go in and build out this side, which right. would have taken forever. Right. But they said, we'll move out. Right. So now, Ryan, check this out. So, so they announce it. We announce it to the church. We start this eight-week countdown till we get to go in. Now, on the day that we go in, we get possession of the building. We're going we're gonna to blow it out. We're just going to go. and So we end on a Sunday morning, our last service at the outlets. That, that Sunday, we, there's like an army of dudes that show up. We start ripping out the carpet. We demoed the entire sanctuary, just gutted it, bro. And, and our intention was to get not only gutted, the chairs had to come at the right time. We had to put carpet yeah, down, right. put the stage in. We gutted the entire thing, bro. And in six days, we call it the six-day miracle, yeah. we went from just gutting this whole building out to having carpet down. We didn't know if are the chairs going to come in time. <laughs> Dude, they came like the day before. I mean, it was just like <laughs> semi pulls up. We're beep, beep. Yeah, like, yeah. I worked that week. I worked something like, it was like 60 to 70 hours. I, I had, on my watch, it said I had walked 39 miles in a no. week. We were, we were like, I would be, I'd be there at five in the morning and the dudes that were doing sound were leaving at three. Right. And we would be, yeah. and it was around the clock. And bro, that Sunday morning, we opened up the very first Sunday. We thought, let's just do two services. You know, two services. Service is fine. We were, it was a nightmare because in a good way, yeah. because we just couldn't fit everybody. There was so, we didn't, the parking was insane. And the, there yeah. was, we had, there was 500 people sitting outside. We yeah. ran out of chairs outside. We were, we were just, you know, 900 inside. We yeah. don't even know what to do. So then we added another service and then we changed the time. And then we fi- now finally until we're settled. Yeah, so we got a dial. Then it's like, oh. <laughs> Hey, question though. Yeah. So when you got, okay. So you had a lot of people at the um, outlet. When you got the building, do you think even more people came now that you guys have a building? I think so. You know why? Because I think now you have children's ministry available. Yeah. And so well, we yeah, have so many young families, exactly. like yourself and others. Yes. Like even our pastors with their kids are trying to hold them down, you know? Yeah. You know? And so now it just even came even even more. That's what uh, I'm saying. You would, it seemed like you would have all those people that couldn't go because yeah. of the kids yeah. in, in, in that, or, yes. you know. They, they started coming in, and then it was like it just expanded even more. So then we built more classrooms, and we yeah. built, we've been like in this construction phase, and yeah. and you know, and and it just was it was coming together. And you know what was so amazing too? I just want to testify to the faithfulness of God, Ryan. And I know you know this because of the way that your ministry operates. You guys mm-hmm. trust God for funding and financial support, and you're not out there like, hey, help us, or we're not gonna. You don't do that. I don't do that. That's not our model. Yeah. Um, in that, in those two years, we never took a formal offering ever. Ever in two years, never. We still don't take a formal offering. Yeah. If people want to give, you can give. Like mm-hmm. you can give securely online, whatever. Yeah. You can scan that and send it. And, yeah. and we've never done that. And God has provided miraculously. I, I'm just, I'm just in awe of the faithfulness of God. That as we've always been taught, where God guides, He provides. Yes, and He did, and He does. And so, yeah. yes, yeah, we came in, bro. And that's and how it, you know. Just, yeah. I just want to jump in really quick, please. That's how you know mm. that God is providing. Man. Because you're not fighting yeah. to, you're not begging for money to, no. hey, we need money for this and that. But it's literally, God, if you want us there, you're going to get us there. And like Chuck Smith, we, we, yeah. we grew up on Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith's like, you know, the dude. And he basically has always said in the studies, you know, God has your phone line and he, he has your phone line. He, he can call you. Yeah. And guess what? If he wants you to do something and you he wants to use someone to come fund it, he's going to tell him to go fund what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even have to talk to right. him yeah. or whatever it be. We're just uh, talking about building a, a project yes. here. So we're using that as the illustration. But where God guides, God provides. Amen. And if he doesn't provide, then, dude, that's saving you a lot of heartache. Yeah, maybe he's got something else in mind. Yeah. You know, praise God. I'm good yeah. with that. So that's kind of what we went through. And then that's amazing. and then it just started from there. And we just started growing and expanding. So we, we got there. You know, we our first service at the outlets was May 3rd. And then okay. two years later, almost to the day, Ryan, May 5th. Was our oh, first service? It was May fifth. Was our first oh, service. Two years to the day. That's crazy. We went into the new building. Yeah. Oh, you can't script this out. Yeah. Only God can write the story. Yeah. Only God can put that together. Yeah. And and this is, I'll tell you, for me, this this last experience with what God was doing, 
it was kind of like that Abraham moment where Abraham had waited. He tried to help God out, and mm-hmm. that kind of backfired. And then, and then eventually God brought Isaac, and Abraham was like, God, you can do anything. Yeah. I, you want me to sacrifice him? I'll sacrifice him because you're going to have to raise him from the dead. Yeah. I mean, it was just the faith had that been solidified. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, you know, it's like this journey. And um, so it's been amazing, and we're still growing, and I'm not sure <laughs> how, what, how it's going to – I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a parking lot of 450 450- cars you know i mean it's, it's a good we never had a parking lot in san juan I, so dude, no you just park never. wherever like just on top of each other <laughs> yeah. we, we fight with the our catholic brothers you know they would come out of mass we'd come in they come yep. out we try to time it so we could you know and then um but That's god provided true. but now we have a parking lot but we're parking you know over 200 cars off site right. so i don't i don't know what the holy spirit's doing i'm just like i'm just tracking with it trying right. to you know stay in it and just stay faithful and and i'm not there's certain things ryan that i I've always been doing when I was in the living room in Florida mm. to the day I'm preaching to however many I'm preaching to, I'm still studying, I'm still getting ready and I'm still delivering the word. Those things have not changed. Yeah. I'm still doing that. Maybe the size has changed, but, but it's faithfulness, Ryan, yeah. to what God's asked us to do. Yeah. The, 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 um, you're still doing exactly, you're not changing the way you're teaching. Mm-mm. You're not changing your philosophy. You're not changing your doctrine. You're not changing anything. Mm-mm. You're just sticking to what you've learned through Chuck Smith through the Calvary Chapel movement, and just word word by word, verse by verse, just through the books. Just teaching the Word. And why is it important, this is for the listeners, yeah. um, why is it important to teach from through the whole Bible? Well, I think it's good because if you don't teach through the whole Bible, then there's a lot that you can miss. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think when you go from cover to cover, people begin to see how it all connects because it's, it is 66 books. But they are entwined and connected and point to one person. And so when people can have Old Testament recall and, 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 and see it connect to New Testament truth or New Testament truth connected to Old Testament example and you, you weave it together, suddenly it's like this, there's, there's no other book like this. There, there's nothing like this is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged mm-hmm. sword. People get excited about God's word because there's no other book like it. Is, is uh, for the listeners, is the Old Testament book relevant to today's living oh 100%. Is it important to read oh it's so important to read and there's so many wonderful insights life of faith and battles and i mean, I mean it's just i i get so pumped on teaching through the old testament and and also how it connects to jesus i think that is probably one of the most exciting things for me when you sit there and, and people you know people are hearing this for the first time mm-hmm. and you're teaching through the old testament and then it goes let me show you how this points to jesus and people are like can, like you, can, can you give us an example of like how you see Jesus in the Old Testament? To, to Let me give you, you can go all the way, you can go to Genesis chapter 3. We have time. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 opens up, Adam and Eve sin. They fail in the garden. And, and after they fail, you remember, they, they immediately tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, cover themselves and hid, which is always what we try to do. We try to cover our sin, we try to hide from God. Mm-hmm. God says, hey, where are you? He knew where they were. But then he brings them, and, and it says that, um, then the Lord God made covering for them. How did God cover them? We don't know what he used. Maybe it was a lamb. Oh, I don't know. We just know God covered them. But then when God is confronting Adam and Eve in their sin and Adam's making excuses, the Lord then says something in Genesis chapter 3, and he says concerning the woman that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. What is that? Brian, that's referred to as the proto-evangelium, meaning that is the first mention of the gospel in Genesis chapter 3. The seed normally comes from the man, but there it says the seed of the woman, a virgin birth. Someone is going to come and crush the head of this serpent. Who? Jesus. That's where it starts, Mm -hmm. and you see the crushing when you get to the end in Revelation. And it's just this amazing woven tapestry of the Son of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's just, it's fascinating. Where Where do you see Jesus in the Old Testament? In what example? Uh, let's say, for yep. example, you could see him in the brass serpent there as Moses is out there in numbers yep. and the people d- uh, disobey God and the snakes come and bite them. And the Lord says, listen, Moses, take a brass serpent, put it on a pole and put it in the middle of the camp. And anybody looks at that serpent, they will be healed. They'll be saved. Right. And that's all by faith. All by faith. I love that story. And but, so there's all the good. Well, then yeah. you go to J- John chapter three. Jesus is confronting Nicodemus and Nicodemus is finding out what it means to be born again. And Jesus says, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness... Uh-huh. So much the Son of Man be lifted up. And if mm-hmm. I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. Jesus made the connection. That mm-hmm. pointed to me. Exactly. And that's why when you read the, the, the Old Testament is relevant because it points to Jesus oh. always. It's all, it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because people, it's like, it's so interesting. When you talk to a lot, a lot of people, it's like they don't read their Bible. 
they don't read their Bible. And it's like there's so much there to learn from. And it all points to Jesus. And you see how it works back and back, back and forth. And as you study it, that's why we go to church. Because some people go, Ryan, I'm spiritual. I'm I'm a (laughs) spiritual person. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? You know, I don't need to go to church. No, we go to church because when you go there, the pastor that's there, he's studying the Bible. So he comes, he opens it up, and he breaks it down, and he connects all the dots, yeah. unpacking it all yeah. to simplify it for you to understand it, which gives you more of a desire to want more of the Bible and to grow, grow more in the Word of God and to know more. There's so much information yes. in this book. It blows my mind. You know what I love, too? I think with our history and our heritage, one of the things that I loved about our pastor, what, what Chuck used to do, and I learned this watching and listening and being there since 1970. Four. That's when we started when I was little. Probably like when you started with your folks, you were just a little guy yeah. growing up in it. But when you, one of the things I appreciated is that his illustrations primarily, mm-hmm. if I'm in the New Testament, you know where my illustrations are coming from? From the Old Testament. The Old Testament. You know from the Old Testament, you know where my illustrations are going to come from? I'm going to bring them from the New Testament. Yeah. And that it just clicks. You, you begin to see how it connects. You know, I'm not going to tell you, did you hear about the eggs that I cooked? And this is what happened. They were over easy. You know, it's interesting because the Bible says like, you know what, bro? Nobody cares about what you have for breakfast. All right. Tell me about Jesus. And I just love how you take, and suddenly you, you see the connection. Cause sometimes you, you drop yeah. a word like, and there was King Jehoshaphat and you look out and people are like, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where's that? And yeah, you know, like, no, it's true. Balaam's donkey talked yeah. like, what? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you if you're teaching it, people are gonna get that. Yeah. And then they're gonna want to go back and read and kind of, you know, understand. And I always tell people, I say, listen, also when you go to hear a pastor speak or to a church when you're finding someone, mm-hmm. I tell people, hey, I'm teaching you. If you have any questions, you go look up for yourself if yeah. it's in the Bible. If it's in the not in the Bible, don't believe it. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of people they don't read the Bible, so then they go to church and they're hearing uh-huh. Who knows about some eggs and ham yeah. like you were talking about yeah. coming off the stage and some illustrations, and they're like, oh, that was deep. And you're like, that's not even biblical. Bro, I'll tell you, you know, it was <laughs> astounding to me. People will come from other places. And of course, you've been around. You teach everywhere, yeah. and God opens all these doors for you and crossing denominational lines, which is awesome. But, you know, people will come. They move away, and they say, Pastor, we can't find a church. I'm like, what do you mean? There's churches everywhere. Can you yeah. find a church? He goes, let me tell you what happened on Easter. We went to Easter, the Easter service, the Easter service, no. bro. And, and check this out. The, the whole theme of the service at this church was from the, the Disney movie Up because Jesus rose up. So we're, we're going to emphasize Up. They got, a, they got a hot air balloon out in front of the church. You can get in it and go up. And the message was tied to the Disney cartoon the Disney Up. Cartoon. The resurrection of Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. you're tying that to a I mean, it's just, are people really doing that? Yeah. I was shocked. I'm like, they really do that. Why? Why do you have to? You're not that creative, bro. Don't do that. Don't, don't. This is powerful enough. It's powerful enough. This is God's word. Don't, so don't why, get So why weird. do you think, what's your personal opinion? Like, mm. why do you think people think that the word of God isn't powerful enough? Or do they think it's too offensive? So they have to like dumb it down and mm. turn it into a Disney? Like, why do you think <laughs> pastors from your opinion or, you know, these guys that are yeah. speaking and kind of do this, 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 this kind of teaching. Right. Yeah. I, it's a really good question that you asked. There could be a number of reasons. Maybe it is. We don't want to be offensive. So we don't say sin. We say oopsie daisies or, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you, you know, we don't say this. We don't say that. Cause we want people to be offended because we want people to stay in the seats. We want them to be comfortable. We want them to give. I don't know. I yeah. don't know their heart, yeah, yeah. but I, I will say this. We're going to be held accountable, Ryan, yeah. as shepherds for what we do say. And also what we don't say. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, true. if, if I'm not giving, if I'm giving a part of the truth and not the whole truth, yeah. Am I really, I'm doing disservice to these people that are sitting in front of me. So I don't know what your motive is for not opening this or trying to get around it. Maybe you're trying to be relevant and we're trying to be, you know, want to be sensitive to everybody. But listen, when you look at Jesus preach, when you look at John the Baptist preach, when you look at the apostles preach, when they preach, it says people were cut to the heart. The spirit of God came in and brought conviction and transformation, not just information. I don't care. You know, when you're sitting in a place and you hear more cultural references and philosophical, you know, uh, psychological things more than you, you know, life coaching yeah. rather than scripture you you're in the wrong place yeah you need to find a church yeah um i was thinking about when you're talking about the apostles at the beginning of acts when they received the holy spirit in the upper room and after that it says the holy spirit power power came upon peter and he stood up before them and it says he stepped forward i love that i love mm-hmm. that one step forward yes. it's like that he crossed the line of that faith of like mm-hmm. activating that boom the power came on him yes. and he spoke and they got saved and that's the key is to be filled with the spirit. Mm. And when you step out with what God has given you, your time in the word of God, when you step over that line of wherever that is with you, with your faith mm. and God's power will come upon you and you will speak Amen. and the word will flow forth. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is what draws people yeah. Yeah. to 
to himself. And it's, it doesn't, it's all about, I mean, I'm not an educated guy. To be honest, I, I stink at reading. I'm, I, I, me put Bible studies is very hard because reading and spelling and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I sit there and I pray mm-hmm. and I ask God to give me his thoughts. Amen. And I meditate on the word day and night. That scripture, whatever I'm going to be teaching from that passage of, of the book of John where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And God will start speaking to me and giving me his thoughts. And you lay it out. And all those verses that you know because you've been reading the word of God, yes. they come to you and you start yes. laying it all out. And then you show up and the power of God will flow through convict, reveal, and it's the word coming forth and they get saved and they get discipled. And I don't need no stupid Disney illustrations, you know what I mean, (laughs) to be relevant because what's relevant is what man is going through. And the Bible is a mirror, as James says. People read it. Mm. When you hear those scriptures, it shows you what your life looks Mm -hmm. like and the things that you need to change. Mm -hmm. And it can, you can only be changed through the transformation of the Holy Spirit, but that is through a relationship with the Word of God, and the Word of God is God's voice. Amen. Speaking. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about what Charles Spurgeon I read one time, where he would, when he would make his way up to the pulpit, you know, they had no amplification. When he would walk up to the steps, he would say, "I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy That's Spirit." That's amazing. I've never Spirit. heard that. That is so <laughs> awesome. And I, I, I tend to say, "Lord, I believe in." I yeah. got if this without yeah. you. I'm just a guy just reading words. I There's no the power without that. I need it, yeah. There's no power. Yeah, that's what people come for. Okay, so that's good. We're going to end on that note. Mm. Um, find John Randall. John, tell him where you're at on Instagram and your yeah. website. Yeah, Instagram, John P. Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L. On Instagram, the church is calvarysouthoc.com. Mm. Love to see you. Uh, Sunday morning, 745, 930, 1130, Wednesday night, 7, etc. You can find all that information. You guys, Are you guys uh, live streaming your, your young adult stuff, that Holy Spirit? Well, we are. It's going into podcast form. So okay, we've got cool. a podcast. podcast. It's called Thrive. Okay. And it's under our app, and it's also on Spotify, Thrive, T-H-R-I-V. You'll see the little Calvary cross above it. We've, um, been, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit on the show, and th- right now they're doing a the young adult's teaching. But, hey, you can listen to it if you're older or whatever, and it's yeah. about the Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit. Your Christian walk, you got to know the Word. Man. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit because that changes everything. I think it was one of those old-school guys that— he was moody or someone. He was preaching, and some older ladies were like, "You better never get on that stage again until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit." <laughs> yeah, moody, he's like, right. "What is that?" <laughs> and then he went to his living room and he prayed for the baptism. Boom, he got it. <laughs> and it's like your iPhone. Like you know, you have your iPhone, but if it's not charged, it's kind of useless. So right. once you get the charge, yeah. then the power turns on. Amen. In the same way, and the way you keep that ch- phone charged is you got to be plugged into the wall. Yeah. So in the same way as you're reading the Bible and you're praying, you're staying plugged into the power source. Mm. And that is God, the power from heaven. So believe, receive. And if you want to give your life to Christ now, it's very simple. You just say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. I'm a sinner. Cover me with the blood that was shed on the cross and empower me with your Holy Spirit and transform my life. And read the Bible. Let your roots grow deep in him. And he will speak to you. Just like John was saying, we, we all know that God's a divine chess player. And he is strategically putting you in different places. So you may feel like, you know, you're right next to the queen. Or the king, but sometimes he's going to take you on a whole journey until he brings you back around. And it's those detour routes that he develops you. He shapes you just like in uh, Jeremiah talks about the potter. He wants to break you down, shape you, and mold you into different vessels for different seasons or different chapters in your life. Go after him. He loves you. He died for you. And he wants to help you in every aspect of your life, no matter where you're at. Any last words? Uh, everything you said was right on, brother. And I appreciate just allowing me to be here. And, uh, man, God bless you guys for listening today. Love you guys. All right. So don't forget to uh, tune in to the, go to the whosoever's.com. We have some products that support our ministry. Uh, we constantly touring wherever God opens the door to invade the public school system. That is the battleground. Watch the news. That's where they're coming for our kids. So contact us. Go to the YouTube channel. Right official. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth 
unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.